Nippon Bible College presents Taking Time with Brad Lightham and Jason Elford. And now it's, it's time. time to be informed and to be encouraged in the Lord and to hear what he's doing here at NBC. Here's your Taking Time hosts, Brad and Jason. Welcome to the show today. Uh, Jason here. Brad is away on vacation down the hallway, uh, which is kind of true, but not totally. What's really at, at, uh, at play here is we have two mics, and I've got one. <laughs> Brad's usually got one, but if we ever have a guest, then one of us has to bow out. And uh, today, Brad has bowed out, and we've got uh, Dr. Paul Smith with us. He was a faculty here at the college. Welcome here. Thank you. So, Paul, you've been here, it's your first year? First year. How is... Saskatchewan treating you. It's cold. I don't know if you noticed that or not, but it's cold. Yes. I Every every year around this time, and I've lived here all my life, 43 years, and yet every year I get to this point and I'm like, why do I live here? Even much more so for you. Where were you last year at this point? Uh, last year at this point, I was in Ghana where it was a cold, cold 37 degrees. Uh, yeah, that's lovely. <laughs> That's hard for me to hear right now, but we'll be okay. Um, Paul, it's really good uh, to have you with us. Uh, I'm going to backtrack a bit just uh, for you uh, listening in here. It's been a few months since we did one of these podcasts, and we started in the fall, uh, late September, uh, with an introduction to the Discipleship Pathway at Nippon Bible College. Um, Brad Lytle, this has been something on his heart where he's tried to build a model for what does discipleship look like at Nippon. And it's based on three facets, really, community, class, and core. And so we did an intro. I'm not going to talk through, you know, what each of those means again here. I'd encourage you to go back to the episode one, two, three, and four and listen through those if you haven't already. Um, but we, we dove in. We did an intro. We dove into community. Um, Brad explained what that was. And then we brought in a special guest, Evan Stensrud, who's a, a second-year student, and he talked about his experience with community and what that looks like here at, at Nipawin. And then in early November, Brad came back and we talked about the second um, reality of the discipleship pathway at, at uh, Nippon Baba College, which is class. And classes, it's when, when we say that the second important thing element of discipleship at NBC's class, we mean that being a disciple means to be a learner. Uh, it's You're not just hanging out and having fun with your friends. <clears throat> you're not experiencing the community side of discipleship, but you're experiencing the class, the, the real head exercise, the mind exercise, um, where, where you're a student in the class. And that's a means, really, uh, through which you can personally study and gain deeper insight into scripture, uh, learn how to better um, and rightly handle the word of truth, and then, of course, be transformed, as Romans 12 talks about, by the renewing of your minds. So uh, we wanted to now talk to somebody who spends every day in the classroom here at NBC, of course, from the teaching side. Um, Paul, you've spent all kinds of time receiving classroom instruction in, in di- diverse environments um, like Bible college, university, seminary, <clears throat> and I can't remember your exact journey through that all, but um, how have you grown in the classroom and why has that been so important? I'll start with that. Yeah. Um, one thing that 
I try to emphasize with my students is false teachers use the Bible too, right? Mm-hmm. Like sometimes we get in our minds, well, they're saying something from the Bible, it must be true, or, you know, I'm using the Bible, so I must be right. But mm-hmm. in reality, as we see throughout history, false teachers use the Bible. And so what I found personally really helpful in my education mm-hmm. is building those structures that enhance my reading of the Bible, not replace the reading of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so how does it fit together? How do everything work together? What kind of things do I need to know to get the best benefit possible from the reading that I'm going to do on my own? Mm-hmm. How, how have you found your time in the classroom uh, to be different than your own personal time in the Word, or, or maybe even on a Sunday morning hearing from a pastor? Yeah. Well, let me take the second question first. Sure. Uh, what's it different? How's it different from a pastor? Well, one way I think it's different from a pastor is active versus passive. Mm-hmm. When you're in church on Sunday listening to a pastor, there's a lot of just passivity to it. Um, whether that's good or bad, that's a whole nother conversation. But, right. you know, you're sitting there and listening. We're good classroom, and I'm not going to pretend I'm always a good <laughs> teacher it's a, classroom. It's a journey, but, right? But, right, right. Uh, but there's a lot more of an active element to it so mm-hmm. that you are uh, working through things with the teacher, with your fellow students in a community, mm-hmm. um, actively uh, learning Mm-hmm. Most sermons are about, what, 30 minutes, 45 minutes. You do that once a week. Mm-hmm. Here in classroom, you're getting closer to 12, 15 hours, not including the reading you're doing, not including the homework you're doing. And so yeah. you're just you're jumping, uh, intensifying your uh, spiritual walk that you can get in sermons, but it would just take a lot longer time period. Mm-hmm. And it's also because most sermons, you know, you're on a handful of verses in class, you're getting the big picture. It's helping you put together more some of these really great stuff that you're learning in, in church, yeah. but just giving you a structure to help fit all that stuff in. Yeah. We're in our church. Our pastor wants to preach through the Bible in reasonable expository amounts, and it's like 20 years <laughs> to, exactly. go, to go through. And you can get it here in four years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In a way more interactive setting. Yeah. Uh, And then to go back, how's it different from my own time in the Word? Again, I think hitting the community aspect of it's going to be pretty key, both not just with your fellow learners, though of course that's obviously important, but also just having someone who might be a little bit farther along in their journey than you are to help uh, point out, hey, there's a pitfall there. You probably should be careful because if not, you're going to fall on your face and embarrass yourself. Right. Yeah. A big difference between um, being a disciple on your own, I mean, of course, which we have to be, um, and, and we are trying to be active in, in engaging with the Word by reading and meditating, uh, which a lot of people don't do. Um, but then in the classroom, it's that group of people, right? An instructor, like you said, classmates, talking, questions, answers. You've been a part of all, all kinds of communities all around the world, <clears throat> and you've taught in different communities and different cultures. Would you, would you agree, or do you, th- do you think it's fair to say that, that class time in, in terms of discipling people by sharpening their minds according to God's Word can, can and should even transcend variation in community or culture? Yeah, so I've t- 
personally taught in 15 different countries on four different continents. So I, I feel like I have a fair bit of experience on this. Um, but you know, 85% of evangelical churches do not have a trained pastor. Mm-hmm. And that that's roughly, a little under, but roughly 2 million churches without a trained pastor in the world, evangelical. Um, and I personally see, have seen how that is affecting not just church growth, because church growth, we might get confused and think that's just numbers, but but spiritual growth Mm -hmm. among the churches. I was in Tanzania uh, one time, and I was training some pastors. And again, these are pastors. Mm -hmm. And I made some analogy. I forget the context, but I said, you know, it's like Cain and Abel. And I said that, and sometimes you can just pick up where you're like, okay, something's wrong here, but I'm not quite sure what's wrong. But I don't have, you know, I don't want to like bog down and figure out what's wrong. So let me just move on. And so I moved on. And then I swung back uh, at the end and I was talking with some people individually one-on-one. And I was like, okay, something weird happened there. And I have no idea what happened. So what went on? Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, you, you realize that of the roughly 30, 40 people there, only two of them had complete Bibles. Mm-hmm. Uh, roughly 75% had just only the New Testament, and then 25% had nothing at all. And so when you're talking about King Nabal, like that was for many of them, first time they're like, okay. yeah, I was using it to help explain it. And right. for them, this was like new, who are these right. people? Right. And so I, I asked like, well, these are pastors. How, how do you like preach or, you know, do anything like, mm-hmm. and they're like, well, what we do is we listen to the radio Mm-hmm. We hear someone on the radio, and we then say what we heard on the radio Sunday morning. Huh. Yeah. Now, Instead of being able to study f- for themselves. Right. And-, and as you can imagine, that's super dangerous because, yes. as we're well aware, there's a lot of good biblical teaching on the radio, but there's a lot of stuff where it's like... Mm. Right. Yeah. And if you don't have that kind of training, you have no discernment you, you yeah. can't tell like is this good is this not i don't know right because again they're all using the bible but without knowing properly how to use the bible it's a right it's a wild west situation if you will right yeah and it, i mean it's great to have the new testament and i mean it's full of truth but <laughs> it's like you're teaching that part of the story without knowing the, the, the big picture right it's all god's complete revelation yeah you're jumping in the middle of the movie right. and right. then asking everyone, who's this character right. again? Like, right. why, what are they doing? Right. Well, right. Even here in Canada, I, uh, I come across so many young men and women who just think, oh, it's a waste of time. Why would I spend money and time at Bible college for something I can learn on my own? And then they're, they're at home and they're, they're maybe even making an effort to learn and they're, they're reading blogs or visiting websites or watching videos by Rob Bell or John Piper, Benny Hinn, Mark Dever, Kenneth Copeland, Justin Peters, Bethel, Gospel Coalition, Hillsong, EFC, and and some some of you might listen and think, well, there's some people in there you really shouldn't be listening to it. And some of those are really good, but how, how do you know? There's so much on the internet, and everyone's an expert, and everyone's trying to use the they're they're using the Bible to back up what they're saying. And we really want to take our students and teach them how to read the Bible, and we want to help our students to to think 
more thoroughly and to be able to evaluate what they read and see and hear and to weigh it and see how it, how it actually lines up to Scripture. People in, you know, in Africa or, what, or maybe some other developing countries, you know, begging for biblical training. Here in North America, we have all the biblical training that we could dream of, and we're not interested in it. Yeah, about not quite 10 years ago, uh, there was a survey of global Christianity, so Christians all around the world, mm. and they asked, what is the biggest thing that's preventing your churches from flourishing? Yeah. And the survey around the world, biggest thing, lack of theological education. Mm-hmm. But part, part of the underlying purpose of, of this whole podcast is to, to try and urge you listeners and, and urge myself and, and you know, Dr. Smith and Brad Lytle and <clears throat> even those of us that you know work in a, a theological setting where we have lots of opportunity to chew on, on these things and teach. Like this is, it is so important to be in the Word and to know what it says and how it shapes our lives. And that kind of leads into my next question. Um, there, I see this in, in churches here a bit, in youth groups as I visit. People want discipleship that's community and relationship oriented. They want to hang out and have fun. Um, but what's, what is something that class time brings to the reality of discipleship that just community in and of itself misses? Yeah, so obviously let's not separate them right. completely. They have to um, come together. About, again, about 10 years ago, there's massive open online courses where it was just like, hey, we're going to put lectures from great teachers online. Anyone who wants can take it. And they had like a 12% completion rate. Thousands of people would uh, take them and only about 12% passed. Why? Lots of reasons, but they figured one of the main reasons is because there was no community of learners supporting Mm. them. Mm -hmm. And so that just caused things to fall apart. Um, so, So with that said, though, Uh, C.S. Lewis, in the very last sermon he ever preached, he gave this illustration, and he says, it's like going to the sea. And we go Mm -hmm. to the sea, and instead of swimming in the sea, or instead of, you know, we stand at the edge and kind of splash around, or Mm -hmm. dabble in it, Mm -hmm. is what he uses. Uh, We're so afraid, we don't want to get out of our depth. And I think that's one of the advantages of the classroom, is to build on C.S. Lewis's metaphor, we take you and we throw you into the deep Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. because the ocean is not there for dabbling in, for Mm -hmm. sitting at the shore. It's for Mm -hmm. swimming in, right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. same thing again with God is not there to be dabbled in. Mm -hmm. It's a bottomless pit, like an immutable, unsearchable (laughs) God. We we can't get to the the bottom of it. Oh man, to invest time into that and outside of Bible college, of course, you know, because you don't go to Bible college for your whole life. Um, in your churches, to try and create teaching spaces where you're being taught by by um, equipped men and, and women who can talk you through in a group of believers you know, passages of the Bible and have you chew on that and ask questions and interact. I go for coffee with young guys, you know, 16, 17, 18 year olds, and it's the guys more than the girls that say it. They, they struggle with the idea of, of investing time and, and money, I think, paying even, like to come and be in the classroom. Cause, and they say, why should I pay for something that I can do on my own? And they're not doing it on their own. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I think one, you can look at your church, our churches today, and we can figure out it's not whatever, it's not working for us, right? Right. Um, but two, like I'm, th- I think of the story with Philip and the Ethiopian, 
And the Ethiopian's reading on his own, right? That's great. Philip comes up to him and says, do you understand what you're reading? And the Ethiopian says, how can I unless someone teaches me? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Great. I'm glad that you're doing, those young guys, I'm glad that they're doing stuff on their own, if they truly are, as you say. Yeah. But how how can they understand unless someone teaches them? Yes. And if you say, well, the church should be doing it, if the church is doing it better, then we wouldn't need Bible colleges. Well, if the church is doing it, the Bible colleges would get students that were further ahead and we would take them even further. And if your church isn't doing it, like what what more reason to, to be part of the change, to come here as an 18-year-old, a 30-year-old, a 40-year-old, dive in and equip yourself to go back to your church and to be a part of improving that culture and building that culture. And, and that, that kind of leads me to this question. How, how could our alumni or listener here continue to grow their minds after they've left um, their time as a, as a student at NBC? No matter how great Bible college is, it's not going to teach you everything, right? No. What Bible college really helps you do is it sets you on the trajectory for mm-hmm. lifelong learning. Mm-hmm. And if you never, if you end Bible college and then you just like stop, I don't need to learn anything, I don't need to grow anymore, I, I'm, I'm done, mm-hmm. then A, you're not really taking advantage of the Bible college experience, mm-hmm. but then B, you're, you're just setting yourself up to eventually die, wither mm-hmm. and die, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's kind of the key element is lifelong learning. What's that look like? That looks like relationships, uh, affections, motivation, practice. Mm-hmm. These things that, okay, great, you learn stuff, but let's, let's, let's go deeper. Mm-hmm. I, I think I have to probably, I'm contractually obligated to put in the plug for the online course that NBC offers. Well, that's what I was going to end with, actually. Yeah, so <laughs> so Dr., Dr. Paul Smith is, is teaching here uh, Wednesday evenings from April 21st to June 23rd, so just after our academic school year is done. Uh, Wednesdays, 7 to 8.30 p.m. Uh, it's going to be end times and the church. Uh, you know, if someone looks at the Bible, who doesn't tend to look at Revelation and be like, that's the, <laughs> that's the one area where I, I, I don't know anything. I mean, it's a, there's, lots to, there's lots to learn there. So I'd encourage you, if, if, you're, you know, if you're past Bible college, uh, maybe coming as a full-time student doesn't work for you, look, uh, look into that course. Visit our website, nippon.org, or give us a call and, and register to take part of that, that course and, and uh, jump in with both feet into lifelong learning. Um, Paul, it's been such a pleasure to have you join me today, and we'll look forward to... to uh, talking more with you, the listener, uh, in the coming weeks. Bye for now. Bye. Taking Time with Rob Lytle and Jason Elford. Taking Time is produced by Jason Elford and Brad Lytle for Nippon Bible College.